Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. Seeking the truth, exposing the lies. Remember, together, we are unstoppable. Keep on digging. Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Welcome to a podcast with me, Dave, and another thing, and Travis. We're going to be talking about what is next for the U.S. of A. Hashtag red pill how's it going my friend travis what is happening not much not much how's sunshiny florida treating you what's that how's uh sunshiny florida treating you oh i'm in california but it's it's sunshiny not nice yeah i guess i guess the perks of california is the weather and the drawback is being you know in california the weather and the women oh yeah yeah but yeah, everything else is going to absolute shit. Um, hey, oh, so I noticed just a little pre-thing before we get rolling. Um, I noticed in the last episode that we had some shuffling noises. I think a lot of it was me because I tried those darn earphone headphones. Um, gotcha. But just to FYI, like I'm going to try to be totally like <laughs> sedentary or whatever this time. <laughs> That's okay, man. Yeah, I try and uh, mute myself in between just to keep my stuff to a minimum here. Just because I got yeah, dogs that may sound off through the through the floor into the basement here. Cool. Yeah, just any kind of like shuffling comes out a little bit loud. Like I had to do quite a bit of editing on our last one to to cut a bunch of stuff out. Um, nice. You know, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, yeah, super excited for this talk. Me too, me too. I wasn't able to uh, put the link in, unfortunately. It wasn't letting me edit it. But uh, aside from that, I think we're pretty much ready to roll here. Well, can you uh, can you add me as a uh, whatever administrator, and then I can uh, try to drop it in there? Uh, let me see if I can here. I think you just tap on my face. Uh, I could open his profile here. I, I think you just tap on my face, and it should give you the option. Make admin. Uh, it gives me the option to open your profile, report you, okay. or block you. Those are my options. Okay, whatever. Thanks, Dario. Um, do you see an option for... Um, like right where right either where russia china and india form an economic either right where that is or below that for do you see a thing that says link i do not it was giving me originally the uh, chance to do it before but now it's not so okay. it would want me to do a whole new plan talk oh well um i can link it i can link that after the fact in uh on anchor all right cool well, uh, well let's jump on into it i guess huh yes sir first off uh, welcome mr jack Welcome, Cooper Goddess. Me. I think we got some people anticipating this one. All right, Dave, why don't you uh, kick us off here? All right. Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Good to see everybody. Good to be here. Good to be breathing and happy to be talking with my friend Travis about what I think is some pretty important stuff. Uh, there, you know, the America has been, I don't, you know, whatever, I don't hate this country, but there's a lot of room for improvement, right? So there's some uh, new news down the pipeline, get to that in a moment, but this country has been in decline basically since the 70s. You know, uh, wages have stagnated, uh, corporate profit has gone through the roof, CEA, CEO pay has gone through the roof. So we're going to get into all this, uh, but I would like to just introduce ourselves first. My name is Dave Smith. And another thing with Dave, I do a podcast on all podcast platforms in 46 countries now, and uh, we're happy to have you here. Travis? Glad to be with you, you, Dave. 
Yeah, to be with you, Dave. Uh, yeah, pretty much uh, everything you'll hear me talk about is uh, how politics is downstream of culture, cultural stuff. And unfortunately, the individual is stuck living in an incredibly political world right now. So uh, I break down all those things on my uh, talks here on Stereo. You can find me on Getter or you can uh, just simply follow me here on Stereo. I'll be branching out to other media forms soon. Glad to be with you, Dave, and uh, doing this talk today. Absolutely. I'm pretty excited for it. And what spurred on the idea for me was I was what, you know, I was going down the YouTube rabbit hole <laughs> and um, there's this woman, Kim Iverson, that I've been watching on YouTube for quite a while. She was just an independent, uh, had an independent show bringing, bringing like news on the reel. And then she got picked up by the Hill uh, because obviously she was doing some great work. And now she's on the Hill, so you can check her out there. She's the left-leaning voice or the voice of reason on the Hill. Uh, they got Ryan Grimm, too, as, you know, like your co corporate uh, <laughs> uh, voice, I guess. But, um, yeah, so I was watching this program, and it was uh, called World Hegemony, a new um, – anyway, World Hegemony. And uh, basically what's going on is China, Russia, and India – have announced that they are forming an alliance called the sides and they specified that this would be a new world order cracked me up that they used george bush's terminology but what they're seeking to do is form what they've done is form a military and trade alliance and basically they're not going to be pushed around anymore um they're thinking about uh well they've negotiated with Saudi Arabia. So Saudi Arabia may soon start selling oil in the yen. And I'm not sure if people are aware, but we've got this thing called the petrodollar that we established, I believe, right after World War II, which is a an agreement with Saudi Arabia that they would only sell oil in dollars. So anybody has to say you're in Italy, you have to exchange your currency for American dollars to then buy Saudi Arabian oil, right? So that props up our economy in a huge way, because as you all know, we don't really have a manufacturing sector anymore. We seem to have, you know, uh, low skill jobs, service jobs, and then professional jobs. And that, that middle ground is rapidly disappearing. Uh, I also heard that Elon Musk plans to roll out automated cars within five years, and that will then eliminate all driving jobs. 50% of non-skilled labor our driving jobs. So we're looking at an absolute sea change. And, you know, I don't want this country to turn into a third world country, at least while I'm in it. But this has been a long time coming and we haven't done anything to prevent it. So that's kind of a summary of, of where I stand on it. What do you got, Trav? Yeah, so I uh, watched the link you sent me and immediately the first two things uh, that came to my mind when I heard this. This sounds like two things, uh, Cassius Belly uh, and uh, Cassius. I've never heard the word. I've only ever read it. Uh, Fodorus, I believe, pretty much calling for uh, an unusual alliance. Naturally, China and Russia um, wouldn't naturally be allies. In fact, um, we, we could have very well given Russia a reason to stand against China, side up more with us. I mean, if you think about it before, as soon as we started going after ISIS hard and obliterating them, they kind of were like, okay, and backing off. They weren't making really much uh, 
aggression on uh, anything. You know, we gave them uh, access to be able to do more oil trade. Um, still had to do it in petrodollar. Um, now we've kind of dropped all over it. And I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken, I might have the date off by a few days here. Uh, February 4th, I believe was the day that uh, they put this little memo out. And then what do you know it? February 24th, uh, the, well, I shouldn't say the invasion began, but the continuation of the invasion of Ukraine began. And uh, it, you've seen China standing back, being awfully quiet, but still trying to play both sides, be extra supportive of it. Um, I think this paper shows us everything we need to know about what's going on. My theory has, uh, I believe I mentioned it on our last show together, Dave, was simply that uh, China is pretty much waiting for a time in April when seas to be able to get over to Taiwan, uh, slow down to be able to give them uh, a chance to go and get, quote unquote, the reunification of uh, China and consume Taiwan. It, and uh, you look at uh, other countries that aren't really listening to, such as North Korea, which is pretty much, you know, upheld by the strong, mighty hand of China at that point. Um, they, they don't really have any too many other allies. North Korea wants to reunify its peninsula. And um, as far as uh, materials and precious metals and actual chip inhibitors, um, the largest supply is in Taiwan. The second largest is over in South Korea. Yeah, I, I see this spiraling out of just being these three countries but you you look at this and it, it's not looking too good india could easily provide the cheap labor as uh china's costs are continuing to spiral out of control but it sounds like they already knew that what our response would be they know us better than what we know uh them to be so i'm a little uh, uneasy on that it seems like they pretty much they did their homework and our country has been asleep at the wheel what do you got yeah i completely agree uh, there's a few things to touch on there you, as far as isis goes not a lot of people are aware that we were actually supporting isis to fight against the assad you know government we called it a regime i guess whenever we don't like a government we call it a regime so to fight against the uh, assad regime we were backing isis which was the big bad boogeyman that we created. Let's roll it back a little bit. How did ISIS get created? It's the military officers and the police officers of Iraq that were fed up with us coming to their country, disbanding both of those branches of government, throwing their country into chaos. So those people, you know, they became the quote unquote insurgents, right? All of a sudden you're laid off from your job and you're watching your country go to hell. So uh, give me one second. Sorry, I had to cough right yeah. there. But um, so that's the basis of ISIS. Now, how did it blow up like it did? Well, when we left Iraq, we literally left all of our weapons and vehicles there with the keys in them. What could go wrong, right? The, the official uh, military explanation for that was that, oh, well, it's going to cost too much to ship them home. We have no problem paying to ship them there, right? But we don't want to ship them home. Okay, so following that logic, if that is the train of thought. Why wouldn't you put them all in one massive pile and drop a bomb on them, eliminating the possibility for anybody to utilize those vehicles and weapons? If you remember, all the footage we were seeing on TV was ISIS in these like brand new military Toyota pickup trucks and stuff. And, you know, with U.S. hard, heavy duty military equipment. I mean, we left, you know, howitzers or whatever, these giant. Uh, roll, you know, giant military weapons and guns, and it's just unbelievable. 
Um, and then the thing you were talking on about the alliance, yeah, it is. It's going to include all of Indochina, Indonesia. The China's working on what is it, the Beltran Initiative or whatever? They're basically built rebuilding Silk Road and building massive uh, high-speed rail systems throughout that region to transport goods and services. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, well, we're probably going to go bomb those and make them unusable. Um, and then touching on the labor aspect, uh, that China has announced that they're planning on getting labor from Africa. So I think, I think India, they're planning on helping bring India up and then looking to Africa for cheap labor for all of those countries. Yeah, I think that's definitely uh, a case we should be looking at. And it's, you're pretty much the way the West has been fighting a lot of wars is by going and destabilizing other countries, by supporting uprising rebellions, uh, whether they already be ones that are there or planting and making our own there and handing it off as uh, somebody else's. I mean, that's basically how Al Qaeda got started. Uh, that's how ISIS got started. And if you look over in Ukraine, um, I got to be really careful. Uh, it's a shame that I have to be this careful on uh, how I approach this. So I'm going to gingerly dance around the word without saying it. But oh, thank you, Dave. Pretty much the U.S., uh, there's confirmation that we've been supporting certain groups that would identify themselves as much more uh, right-leaning um certain socialist nationalist um might be described as the word starts with an n i'll let you all figure that out but i know stereo is a little ban happy as soon as you even so much to mention the word even if it's in an appropriate context but so you look at that um that's probably where we're gonna get bitten our rear end in about 40 to 60 years down the road here now that we've been arming them and you look at uh what Belinsky. I believe is how you say his last name is uh, president of Ukraine. Um, first off, big Second Amendment guy. I believe everyone has the right to defend themselves against uh, self-defense and against the uh, attack of their own nation. Uh, that's why I personally stand on it. So they were a little late to the game in dishing out weapons, but they literally were giving it out to anyone. You could walk up and go and just they would say, yep, here's a rifle. Uh, find out exactly what you want. But they have a lot of uh, anti-plane, uh, anti-tank uh, machinery that uh, random civilians have also been taking. So you look at that, you look at we've been funding that certain group that we can't really uh, mention, but is rather prominent over in Ukraine. And uh, you look at the fact that uh, pretty much they're handing out weapons, massive, massive damaging weapons to anybody um uh, that pretty much comes and says hey i like a weapon and they just have to allege that they will defend um there's been concerns already from people uh reporters that have been on the ground about um uprising uh warlords crime lords uh pretty much causing a new mafia but if you look take that in conjunction with the group that we're currently funding right now over in ukraine um, it looks like we could very well be uh, having an old uh, enemy rear its uh, head real soon uh, within, I'd say, 30, 40, 60 years, somewhere like that. So that's something I would already be on the watch out for. Another thing I want to address also, um, we've talked about the petrodollar. 
it looks like uh, how we have here in the description, a one-two heavy punch to the petrodollar and the global American empire. In, we have the yuan being, uh, at least in heavy talks with, and high consideration of uh, becoming the new currency here for the petrodollar. And uh, China, I'm not China, Russia is making massive moves to buy up a bunch of valuable metals, gold, silver, um, trying to... I mean, the West isn't hanging on to them, so they're pulling it together. And there's been speculation. Uh, I heard this on the Blaze uh, with Glenn uh, that they're looking to be the new uh, within the next uh, couple of years, the new gold standard. So you have the U.S. who got off the gold standard. And I believe it officially. We made moves in I believe '62 or '63, and it became uh, official in '65 uh, to be off the gold standard. So we don't not backed up by gold. We were backed up by oil up until all about a few months ago, or I should say about a year ago, and now uh, we we will literally have nothing. Our uh, our allies and our enemies alike will be going to uh, have one of two uh, currencies, either the ruble or the yuan. So economically, this is in China's playbook. They would much rather fight a war economically than they would with soldiers, but they're gaining both abilities, and if you cripple the U.S. Uh, to the degree that it looks like this could do, um, any sort of a, an offensive or defensive move from the U.S. would, it looks like, would be short-lived and pretty much in vain. So, I personally am a little nervous, you know, born and raised in the 90s, um, but now it's kind of like ever since I got to, for the first few months of my life, uh watch the destruction of the USSR no memories of it i think i was like 3 months old so and uh ever since then it's pretty much all been downhill from there so those were the best years of my life was a few a few months old and uh the us has just been rapidly rapidly declining so i don't know really how much longer we have i'd like to have something to pass on to my kids but i don't know man what are your thoughts yeah yeah i mean that that's you hit on so many points there um i was born in 1967 the summer of love and I've seen this country just gradually decline ever since. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that uh, as a result of the near revolution in the 60s, there were major changes made. Uh, one of those being to stagnate employee wages so that people can't take, you know, a week or two off and travel to Washington, D.C. in massive numbers to protest. Right. It's no accident that you know a lot of americans have two or three jobs that is not by accident it's no accident that we did away with free college education right these are not accidents and same it's not an accident that that fuel prices are through the roof you know the companies are greedy of course but our government is letting that happen with a signature any president could put in place uh, an anti-price gouging um initiative right um, especially in the middle of a quote-unquote pandemic so many, many things all in alignment, and it's a huge puzzle, right? But once you go down the rabbit hole, you start connecting these dots. And if you pull the lens back, you start to see a pretty consistent picture of where we're headed. And it does not look good. But like I said, this is not created overnight. This has been a long time coming, and our government has done absolutely nothing to stop it, which leads me to believe somebody is okay with this happening. Uh, speaking of the gold standard, yeah, what could go wrong, right? Now our, our our money, after eliminating the gold standard, our money wasn't tied to anything. So literally monopoly money. The only thing that backs the dollar is your belief, our belief in the dollar, right? And then 
the petrodollar uh, after World War II or, you know, wherever, whenever that was signed into to being, that solidified oil as the thing that backed the dollar. But now what do we got, right? It's basically monopoly money. You know, the, the, a lot of people don't know, but during COVID, in the early days of COVID, the Federal Reserve pumped something like $4 trillion into the U.S. Company, economy just to prop it up. Well, that's money that's not based on anything. They're just printing paper. And then we can pull back the lens a little bit more. And you look at the origin of the Federal Reserve. A lot of people think it's a federal organization. It is not. It is an alliance of for-profit companies, banks, that, that formed a cabal, basically, and are in collusion to make money off of the U.S. Treasury, right? So why would we give? Why couldn't the Treasury just print our money? Oh, no. The Federal Reserve has to print it. And then they loan it to the treasury with 25% profit. So as soon as you get a dollar, it's only worth 75 cents, right? Like a penny now costs two cents to make. So this decline has been a long time coming. And like I said, no, nobody's A, talking about this in the government and B, doing anything about it. Another thing that, that blows my mind is... You know, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I've I've gone third party with the People's Party. Urge everybody to check them out, www.peoplesparty.org. They don't take any corporate money, and they're all about ending this two-party hegemony. But, um, you know, oh, man, I lost my train of thought. But the Kim Iverson show that, I, that sparked my thought here is um, Kim Iverson, China and Russia declare a new world order. And this was... Uh, posted on youtube two weeks ago back to you travis it's uh it's extremely concerning i want to also preface preface everything we're saying here uh i'll probably mention this all throughout the show a couple times just to make sure that none of us get in trouble since we're talking a lot about economics and money and stuff like that i want to make sure everyone knows i am not financial advisor i'm not an economist uh, I am a guy with a big mouth and an app called Stereo who absolutely loves this thing. So that being said, you know, do your own research. You know, what we say is not gold, but neither is the U.S. dollar. You know, take what we say with a grain of salt. But I mean, think pretty much Dave and I do a pretty good job of trying to back up all of our stuff with sources, reliable ones as well. Um, this is all just a lot of speculatory stuff at this point. Uh, that being said. I personally have been buying up silver at this point with the way things have been going. Uh, I've been getting it in regular ounces, and I'm uh, about ready to uh, start buying things in about. It comes in little 10-ounce coins because it's a little hard when everything goes to crap to just you know snap up a, a one-ounce coin. But uh, that's personally what me and my family's doing along with just being a lot more self-reliant. We got some chickens on the way. We got tomatoes. And uh, vegetable plants we're getting ready to and trying to upgrade a bigger lot size and a bigger home here to being a little more self-reliant. Because, I mean, at this point, like you said, the U.S. dollar, it's all about how much faith you have in it. And really, when everyone sees how jobs can't be filled, when they see the supply chain crisis just cracking at the seams and can't, we still, that everybody stopped talking about it, but that still has not been resolved. Over out, out towards where you live, over in uh, Cali out there, I understand uh, the ports. The big thing about that is if there's like one stuck out there, it's all hands on deck. We have an emergency. There's hundreds of them. 
and it's been like that all throughout 2021 in through this year in 2022 i've seen videos where it sounds like freaking gunshots going out turns out it's not it's just that there's you know giant crates giant warehouse bins that are filled with things like tomatoes and because they've just been waiting so long they've been rotting fermenting and just the gases in there have been causing hinges to blow off and then you just see like tomato juice fermented tomato juice spilling out all over the place it is an absolute mess so not only are we paying for all this stuff but we're not getting it it's being destroyed yeah you wonder why there's empty shelves we we can't get our act together here, unfortunately. That's a really great point. I was listening to, and, and I want to preface also, I'm not an economist. I'm not an expert on anything. I, this is my opinion based on what I've looked at on YouTube, what I've read, but I try to find the most legit sources that I can and also to counter them with other sources to make sure that there's a common thread that many people are discussing. So, you know, once again, don't take my word as gold. Go do some research yourself. That's why I put that link in the title there. And I'd be happy to, you know, suggest investigative journalists that I'm a fan of. Some are Abby Martin, Lee Camp, Glenn Greenwald, Max Blumenthal. The Jimmy Dore Show is a great resource. He has authors and reporters on all the time, digging deep, usually countering the lamestream narrative. But I also wanted to talk on the supply chain. I was listening to economist Richard Wolf on KPFA 94.1 FM. You can also get that online, kpfa.com. And what he was saying is that the supply chain is all BS. The supply chain collapse is all BS. And that the only reason these ships are sitting in the port is because they're waiting to get the price they want. And this kind of makes sense, right? Because to unload a shipping container, a, a, a ship full of shipping containers, it's one man in a crane. So where is COVID come into play? That guy's not interacting with anybody. He's, a, he's, you know, 500 feet up in a massive crane booth unloading these things. And then there's other mobile cranes on the ground that move them in and stack them. And then another crane to load them onto a truck. So these are all one man operations. So where is the supply chain collapsing? And then truck drivers, they're in a truck by themselves. So the only thing that would make sense is, oh, well, they can't unload it at the final destination at the store or whatever. What? Really? How? So if you break it down to the minutia, it just it falls apart. Right. But once again, this is from an economist, Richard Wolf. Look him up. He, he's saying it's all corporate greed, you know, because it's the law of supply and demand. If the supply goes down, the price goes up. He's saying this is manufactured decreasing of supply so that corporations can maximize their prices and maximize their profit. And I see that to be true on a local level, right? I've got a local grocery store here, Oliver's. They've got three or four stores in this county and they claim, you know, their advertisement is local food for local people, right? And they're a grocery store with a burrito taco shop in there. So all the product that are in their burritos come from their grocery stores, which obviously they're getting a good price on, right? They're not paying what a burrito store, you know, what a restaurant would be paying because they're buying wholesale as a grocery store. And I'm sure that they're using chicken that's about to go bad, pork that's about to go bad, beef that's about to go bad, right? So it's a way of using product before it turns to waste. So very smart business practice, 
But now at that place, a burrito went from $7.99 to $10.99. So riddle me this. How can you charge $10.99 for a burrito when you're getting all the ingredients at wholesale prices and they still sell a whole chicken for $9.99? So you can get a whole chicken cheaper than you can get an effing burrito? Doesn't make sense. There's way more at work here than supply chain. And um, yeah. oh, I just wanted to talk, I wanted to hint on farmland as well, right? I just did a, I don't know, one minute, three minute, one minute video on, on uh, Instagram the other day. While I was at the doctor's, I was looking across the, the highway and there's all this beautiful farmland with a housing development on the left. And you can tell that it's encroaching and that the housing development is going to grow like it has in many areas of this county. And it's going to eat up this beautiful, fertile farmland. Where are we going to get food? We can't always get it from over there, right? The Central Valley of California, their, their wells, their aquifers are going dry. That area is not, and it's been overproducing for way too long, right? Because of greed, once again, California provides something like one-fifth of the world's produce. What could go wrong? How about California producing produce for California? You know, at least, at least for the United States, right? You know, we could ship avocados around the country, but every place should have farmland. Every community needs farmland. Otherwise, you open yourselves up to the weak link in the chain. And in this case, it's corporate greed and supply chains or whatever. So, you know, if we're relying on our oranges to come from Brazil, you know, rice to come from China, eventually we're giving those people all of our power. Like for example, if China wanted to with, a, you know, with one decision, a, a signing order or whatever, however they do it over there, an executive signing order could cease all exports to the United States. How many stores would close down instantly? Walmart, you know, you name it. Like everything here is made in China now. Literally, they could shut us down without even having to, to fire a single shot. And we've set that up by allowing, thanks to Bill Clinton, the North American Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA, and other legislations that have outsourced our, our manufacturing, right? Detroit used to be the gleaming beacon of capitalism worldwide. Now it looks like a third world country, as does parts of Ohio. You know, Flint, Michigan still doesn't have drinkable water. And that was done on purpose, by the way. They, they only saved $200,000 and now they created a problem that's gonna cost billions to resolve because they're gonna have to replace the piping in a whole city. So what could go wrong? Oh my God. And where's that money gonna come from? Back to farmland. Bill Gates has been buying up farmland at a feverish pace. He's now the single largest owner of US farmland. We know he's a huge advocate for GMOs and anybody that hasn't really done much research about nutrition, farming, the World Health Organization said the only way to meet the needs of a growing population is sustainable, regenerative, organic farming. So the whole GMO myth, it's BS. The whole commercial agriculture thing is BS. I also watched a documentary called Dirt. Highly suggest that to everybody. What that discusses is that on average, the earth only has four inches of topsoil. All life on earth is based on topsoil. Topsoil provides us with life, right? Without that, you can't grow anything and there is no life. There's a little bit of life in a desert, but 
you're not going to see trees and the, the, the diversity of flora and fauna. This is a huge problem. And like I said before, it's, this shouldn't happen overnight. And all these are, things are happening in concert, right? So now you've got this alliance, China, Russia, India, probably soon to be Korea as one united place. And, and this is all changing. And that, that leads me to what gives the United States the right to tell Korea that they can't be united? What gives us the right to go interfere in the Ukraine conflict by giving them $13 billion in aid? When we have 500,000 homeless people here, the average American is, can't afford a $400 emergency and is like, you know, two or three paychecks away from homelessness. We're in a huge economic crisis here. But we've just had our blinders on and our earplugs in and just, you know, waving flags. That's not going to work for much longer. Back to you, Jack. Yeah, I wanted to touch on uh, what you said about the supply chain and uh, the cost of things going through the roof. I, I kind of grew up all around farmland. I'm over. Uh, I was born and raised, spent the first 20 to 30 years of my life in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, also known as Amish country. I've been surrounded by that my whole entire life. You can't get fertilizer on there. You're in deep, deep trouble. And the main, one of the main factors, if you're going to do just all natural organic, uh, the way some farmers do, is cow manure. So I bring that up for two reasons. Number one, the largest world supplier of fertilizer in the entire world comes out of two places combined. Ukraine and Russia, we're not getting any uh, fertilizer anytime soon. They've stopped producing that, and I don't foresee them uh, cranking up the uh, plants anytime soon to get that stuff out to us. Number two, largest supplier of wheat to the entire world comes from, you guessed it, Russia and Ukraine. That's being shut off. Putin's not looking at sharing it anytime soon with uh, the rest of the world, given how uh, everybody's kind of turned on him, understandably. Uh, I'd be pretty suspicious too, about people invading my country. And obviously, Ukraine's a little too busy to go and just start putting out uh, fertilizer. So you couple those two things together here. Number one, fertilizer for our plants and uh, all sorts of agriculture, including stuff that would grow for cows to eat. We're in deep trouble if we don't have that there. And a lot of people are starting to see that. And on top of that, you also have wheat being a massive feed for animals. Animals help produce manure. Manure is a huge component in fertilizer. You couple those things together and then farmers uh, have to consider, okay, maybe I need to cut back on certain livestock, send a couple of cows out earlier to the slaughter than what would normally happen. So now you have also less fertilizer coming in, but you have less food for the beef to be coming through. All that stuff together, prices increasing. On top of that, we have the technology to preserve our food. It's not that hard. If we have a season where we have access, we have multiple, multiple different ways of storing stuff together, whether it be a massive can, mylar bags, freezing things, when it can be done on massive scale levels. The government does not allow us to do that. Most people don't know that. But if you, as a farmer, that, that being your main source of income, farming, farming only, you've got a lot of stuff to contend with the government. And if you go and you try and save for like cherry cherries, they're very persnickety as far as uh, conditions to, for them to be able to be ripe and to be plentiful throughout the year. It's very, very hard to get a perfect year for those. You, you have a year where you have an 
abundance of cherries or you have an abundance of wheat or abundance of rice, you are selected to be able to sell a certain amount. Everything else must be discarded. If you go and you store your own food and you uh, freeze it or do whatever form of storing uh, preserved for the next year for the next harvest, you're committing a federal crime. You can lose your entire farm like that. The government needs to be able to get out of the way. But like you've said before in the last podcast, every solution to a problem is another manufactured crisis. I believe I'm paraphrasing you at least on that. As far as supply chain, that's part of the problem isn't as much big greedy corporations, although the mega corporations are a lot to blame. You also have to look at the government forcing us to have our own crisis. Well, I couldn't agree more. Part, part of what I believe is that the government now, the corporations now control our government. So I think it's one and the same. I think we're totally agreeing, but just from different sides of the same coin, maybe. Touching on what you were saying, going back a little bit. Yeah, you can't say the N word that ends with an I because you'll get banned. I did a talk on Ukraine and I was banned from all social media. And then all of a sudden when I took that talk down, I was able to post again. I was able to access stereo. Stereo had no idea what was happening. So this was a banning above stereo. Some entity in stereo had no idea what was going on with my account. They've never been able to tell me. They've escalated my case three times. Still can't tell me. I still can't access mobile data. I can only do my this podcast on Wi-Fi. So I have to be parked out in front of a coffee shop or something or at home. Speaking of fertilizer, so a lot of fertilizer... Like after World War II, they, they wanted to figure out how to use chemicals of war, you know, because, oh, my God, these corporations are making so much money, right, with nitrogen and this and that. A lot of those chemicals, in turn, were used for, to create fertilizer, artificial fertilizer. Like you said, the only real legit fertilizer is urine and excretion from grazing animals. You don't want animals that eat meat. You want grazing animals, any kind of grazing animal. And I've watched uh, many documentaries on this because I would love someday to have a little piece of land where I can produce food. And the most economical way and regenerative way to do this is you keep the animals corralled in a small location so that per square foot, there's a lot of urine and feces, which then turns to fertilizer. Then you move that corralled area daily or weekly, depending on the size of it. But the, our current method of farming, you know, I live in a farmland area, Sonoma County, California. They just have cows on 50 acres. The, the cows are free to roam. So they're munching down the grass equally in every area. So no area is allowed to completely recover. And also the urine and feces is scattered over that massive area instead of concentrated in a small area where it could do a lot of good. So then what they do in turn is they take this, the feces, the cow poop, and they soak it in massive containers of water, and then they spray this poop water on the grass as fertilizer. And we call it the Sonoma aroma, because on a hot day, it's like, oh my God, the smell of cow poop permeates everything. So there's that. What you said about canning, oh my God, that blows my mind, right? Why aren't farmers allowed to can, to flash freeze? So there's a plan there. There's an agenda there, right? No farmer should be forced to discard perfectly good food products. That's insanity. But what it's doing is it's controlling the supply and demand to keep the cost at a certain level. That's the only thing that makes sense. Back in the Great Depression, they were even canning dandelions because dandelions, apparently, 
have a really high protein content. We look at them as weeds now and spray toxic Roundup, which is proven to cause cancer on our property. And that stuff never really goes away. It goes into the water table. This has been proven. There's a perfectly good food source that grows naturally everywhere. But, you know, we've been brainwashed to think that you got to eradicate it. You got to get rid of it. You got to spray poison on it, even if that poison, you know, may put you personally at risk. You know, there's a there's a great documentary. Once again, I'm a documentary fiend. If anybody else is on my YouTube channel and another thing with Dave, I have a whole list of must see under my playlist, must see. And there's 1,246 documentaries that I've watched that I feel the world needs to see. One of them is The World According to Monsanto's. They've had a, a concerted effort over the decades to consolidate farming, to mandate that farmers buy their seed. And it's even gotten to the point where if you have an organic farm and there's a GMO farm using Monsanto's seed across the street, you can't sue the Monsanto farm for polluting your organic farm, but Monsanto can sue you for using their product without a license. Wow. So, you know, once again, the justice is stacked, stacked on the side of corporation and the haves and the have-nots are just kicked to the curb. You also mentioned something about the weapons in Ukraine being just handed out. And I've seen videos of this, right? Just crates of, you know, machine guns and stuff just opened up for the public to come and grab. So that brings up that word again that we can't say, but imagine what could go wrong. I, like I, I was describing earlier, the what armed ISIS was us leaving guns in Iraq. So once this crisis is, the immediate crisis is over, where are those weapons going to go? Whose hands are they going to fall into? What could go wrong? Oh my God. It's maddening. Um, you spoke of cherries also. I watched a, a show about cherries and it wasn't a political thing at all. It was this guy, Heavy D. He's a, you know, heavy mechanic guy and real interesting podcast that he's got or blog, whatever you want to call it on YouTube. But he went to visit a cherry farm just to show you how cherries are, are farmed. And it's insane. If it rains on the cherries when there's when the, on the cherry trees, when there's actual fruit hanging, they have to bring in a helicopter to hover over each cherry tree to knock that water off or their crop will go to hell. I used to work on a, a cherry farm and uh, it will literally I, I'm not being figurative when I say it. The cherry will literally explode. I have had days where we would come back. It was a small farm. We couldn't afford helicopters just flying over it. But there would be bits of cherry. And the smell would be awful as something related to almost, I, I would compare it to dead fish. Yeah, they will blow oh, up. God. And then all of a sudden, you'll have rows and rows of trees that have these beautiful uh, Bing cherries, nice and red and juicy, ready to be picked. Uh, I would help assist people in getting set on where they can pick, parking, and all that other stuff. And it would just blow apart, and the stench was awful. So they literally explode. They are extremely persnickety. But uh, go ahead. Go, keep going. Yeah, no, I just wanted to wrap it with the canning thing. Like, in what world does it make sense to not allow a cherry farmer to can their excess crop? That's insanity. Are you kidding me? Canned cherries would be good for years. And once again... In the Great Depression, that was encouraged, right? It was hard to get fresh food because of the Dust Bowl. Most of our farmland went to hell. So canning was everything. How could it be a bad thing? So this is once again, this is overarching control, I believe, of the corporations infiltrating our government. 
I forget what the legislation was. Maybe you can help me out with this. But, you know, it became legal to donate unlimited amounts of money to super PACs. So basically, corporations can now bribe our politicians. And then there's the revolving door between politicians and Monsanto. I did a, I did a college paper on this and got an A-plus on it. But uh, Donald Rumsfeld, you know, one of the architects of uh, the project for the new American century, where they talk about U.S. hegemony and how we're going to secure that for the next hundred years, which is procuring all the world's remaining resources through military efforts, which we've done. But prior to being in the government, Donald Rumsfeld was the head of the Cyril Corporation, S-E-A-R-L. And what they developed was aspartame. It was originally banned as a poison. Once he got into government, he legalized it to go into foodstuffs. And that's how it got into gum, diet soda, all this stuff. Aspartame has literally been scientifically proven to cause brain lesions. So that's the level of care. That like Basically, I think this has been a concerted effort going back to where I started that you know, our government will go to any lengths to not let another 1960s-like uprising happen. I mean, look what happened to Occupy. Look what happened to the BLM movement. They got quashed violently for peaceful revolt. Quashed. People beaten, shot in the eye with fake bullets. Seven reporters were permanently blinded for being shot in the face with, quote-unquote, non-lethal rounds. These are reporters. This is the stuff we... We point the finger at China for, at Russia for. And then another little side note of that, Obama incarcerated more reporters and reporters' sources under the Espionage Act than all presidents before him combined. So this is a concerted effort by the left and the right because they're basically beholden and owned by corporations. Uh, that's all I got on that trap. All right, cool, Dave. Hey, uh, I did do that research on what you were talking about here, and uh, we actually just passed a 10-year anniversary. I just read up on it best I can. You can thank that uh, that ruling uh, to Citizens United. It was court case Citizens United versus Federal Election Commission. You won't believe what I'm about to tell you here. This is about uh, Anthony Kennedy. In the court's opinion, Justice Anthony Kennedy wrote that limiting, quote, independent political spending, quote, from corporations and other groups violates the First Amendment right to free speech. The justice who voted with the majority assumed that independent spending cannot be corrupt and that the spending would be transparent, but both assumptions have been proven to be incorrect. Wow. Right. So, and yeah. that brings to mind that brings to mind the, the ruling that corporations are people and have all the rights of a person, but a corporation doesn't live in a community. So they don't care about the good or the betterment of that community, right? Yeah, and you run into that problem when you consider that uh, globalization has happened. You know, we, we it, anybody that isn't, you know, outside of the U.S. and it's just limited to the U.S., in my opinion, you're considered a small business. Every other corporation out there, all of them are either worldwide or spanning out through many, many countries. You pretty much, at this point, you have foreigners voting and spending money. It's amazing to me that we have limits on how much, uh, as an individual person, that we can donate to 
uh, someone's political campaign. But as far as corporations, yeah, it looks like that's a completely different thing, even though they're considered to be individuals as well. It blows my mind. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this is all intentional. Citizens United strikes again. Back to you, Dave. That brings to mind the Hunter Biden laptop issue, right? It was the news, the lamestream media, as I like to call it, was trying to debunk that there was any truth to that. Well, it's come out that it was absolutely true. And now the details are coming out on how he was in collusion with foreign governments, which is a crime. But what's going to happen there? Do you think he's going to do any time? Probably not. Nepotism and corporate control. It's just unbelievable. We got a message. Let me play from Jay Rue and then back to you. Big shout out to Dave. Dave, you are a warrior in my eyes. Keep fighting the good fight. Um, shout out to Travis dropping some gems as well. Um, yeah, loving it guys. Keep up the good work. Much love J Rue. Much love, man. It helps to hear that because, you know, sometimes it feels like, I don't know about you, Travis, but sometimes it feels like I'm just screaming at a wall, you know, talking to myself, you know, you know, when I meet somebody like you, it's really soul feeding. It gives me the, the, the wind in my sails to keep going because, I can't tell you how many times I've just thrown my hands up in the air of like, man, I'm having no effect. What good is it to talk about it? You know, well, what good it does me is it gets it out. You know, and it's, you know, like I believe holding stress within yourself, that's going to be food for cancer or some other self-attacking disease, dis-ease. When you're not at ease, you're in dis-ease, right? So I think even if we're just, talking to ourselves in a phone call about this stuff, it helps us, right? It helps us to go on another day to be a nicer person the next day because I'm not stewing on all this stuff. What do you think, Trav? Oh, I 100% agree with you. And uh, I'll I'll uh, take that and also jump with it on that and say, uh, you know, you and I probably, if we decided to dedicate our phone to it, we'd probably find that we have a decent amount of uh, political disagreements on both foreign and uh, domestic issues, but what the people really don't seem to want is when we look at these issues that are affecting all of us, you know, I'm uh, pretty far to the right, you're uh, part of the People's Party, but you look at the parts that unite us here, the stuff that really, really matters, everything else is just kind of, you know, would fall back to just friendly banter back and forth over beer at best. Uh, But this is the stuff that people really have to get behind because parties, you know, change you know power changes back and forth bureaucracies might say the same but the political parties go back and forth and uh as far as um just they want us to in my personal opinion this goes right back to cancel culture they don't want you to know that uh there's other people like you because like you said puts you at dis-ease it makes you rack your head against the kitchen counter screaming what the hell's going on with my tv so yeah they really seem to not want people to be able to just get together and talk about the most important issues. And when the authority goes and tries to shut you down, you're probably, maybe not on the bullseye, but you're probably hovering around target somewhere. Yeah, you know, this is part of why we have the freedom of speech. Back then, it was uh, the concern about people being able to go and meet in saloon, taverns, bars, and be able to talk with one another. Right now, uh, we've, uh, it's been a little give and take, you know, 
we can, uh, you know, when we're on completely different ends of the country, I can talk to you over in California and you talk to me in the exact same time. Social media and the phones, posting and stuff like that, be, pretty much become the taverns and the saloons and the bars of the 21st century. Yeah, you just, you know, this is where people get together. This is the new commerce where everyone can talk, spread their ideas. So when you see people starting to clamping down, you just have to envision what this truly means. This would be like them going out to different places of work, organization, restaurants. And actually, you don't really have to think about it. You look at it. Look at 2020. You know, they did shut that down in person. They did make people feel alone. And when people did speak up about stuff going on with COVID, about different things happening, you got shut out real quick. So I think they want to make sure that everyone feels alone personally. And um, the more we can connect with one another and uh, help each other out, you don't even have to physically connect. I'll probably never meet you, Dave, at this point with you being all the way across the world. But and, you know, love to sometime. But this is the way that people can connect. We can start making changes. You absolutely have to take a stand and make changes at the local level. Start with your neighborhood. Start talking to your neighbors. Start breaking everything that's past digital and get to face-to-face -face with your neighbors if you can. You know, breaks out into your local areas. If you have kids, you might want to consider running for your local school board. Start talking about things that are happening with your kids, the education that they're getting, because they're the future at this point. And then you branch out more into counties, state, and then we go into national eventually. But this is where that all happens is local. And the nice thing is uh, we can all get on the same page for our locals, this new technology. But we got to fight to be able to have this talk going. I know that's not really anything that was mentioned in our uh, conversation talk, but just like putting that out there after uh what you said back to you dave absolutely that's an umbrella that encompasses everything that we've been talking about and, and i couldn't agree more i got a few points that i just wrote down to hit on about this like wow and when you were in the middle of that this guy rode by on a mountain bike with a neck gaiter on he's by himself riding a bicycle there's no cars on the road but he's living in fear and he's got this damn neck gaiter on while he's riding a bicycle are you kidding me? So be afraid, stay afraid. That'll keep you from, from, you know, when you're in fear, if you're in enough fear, you're paralyzed, right? So, you, you know, and that brought another point to mind, an educated united populace is the government's worst fear. I forget whose quote that is, but that has stuck with me ever since I heard it. And yeah, I'm left-leaning, I'm not a Democrat at any by any means, because I figure that that's just a centrist party. That's a corporate party. I believe the Republicans are as well. But, you know, I don't want to get into that because, once again, that's division. And my goal is to unite people on the things that affect us all. But in my own family, I've been called right wing. So I've gone so far left that people are calling me right wing. Like, wow. And those are people that are buying the lamestream media narrative. I recently watched a program, um, the Film Archive on YouTube. It's historical stuff. And there was a an ex-CIA guy on there. And he was talking about his experience, personal experience in the CIA over 20 years. He said 75% of what, what the CIA does is propaganda and misinformation to guide public thinking. He also went so far as to say, the CIA has a role in editing or writing Hollywood scripts, even for blockbuster movies. 
He also went so far as to say that they have they have plants or employees of the CIA at news stations. So I call CNN the CIA news network. I don't know if many people know, but MSNBC, that's Microsoft NBC. So you're getting basically the Microsoft slant or Bill Gates's slant on the news there. And then what you said is, you know, if, if you get censored by the government, you might be on target. Well, one of my favorite shows is the Jimmy Dore show because he's constantly hacking away at the lamestream media's narrative. And when he got written up, there was a hit piece done on him by CNN. And he said, yeah, baby, I'm a threat. You know, like, whoo, I'm obviously getting somebody's attention because they're trying to they're trying to discredit him. Right. And I'm also, that leads me to the isolation, you know, shutting down restaurants and bars. Originally, they weren't even allowed to do outside dining. Right. A hair salon couldn't even have one person at a time, even if even if you signed a waiver like we're are you kidding me? We're enacting things that we point the finger at authoritarian governments for. You should be able to sign a release and be like, yes, I want to get my hair cut. I'll enter at my own risk, right? But no, we weren't able to do that. Restaurants, bars, everything except liquor stores and grocery stores were shut down. Riddle me this, liquor stores left open. Oh, why? Because you could just go home and drink yourself silly. Then you're not going to be thinking too much. You're definitely not going to take proactive measures. And, and, and you've been eliminated from the discourse at that point. And that brings me to be afraid, stay afraid. We'll tell you what to do. The government's your daddy. They're there to love you and protect you. I don't believe any of that. They just want us to be afraid, stay afraid. The examples of this are, you know, with the COVID mandate and shutdown, they didn't tell you what to do to be healthy. They never, never once did the lamestream media say, take a bunch of zinc. Increase your vitamin D, increase your vitamin C, eat onions, eat garlic. I never heard that once, right? And then you, you got back to uh, the Iraq invasion or 9-11, excuse me. It's code yellow. It's code orange. It's code red. Were we ever told what to do if it's code yellow? No, just be afraid, stay afraid. Don't think for yourself. And that leads me to deaths of despair. You can look this up on YouTube. Deaths of despair are the leading cause of death now for white middle-aged men in the United States. And what this is, is suicide due to depression, uh, death due to alcoholism and drug overdose, which leads right to depression and feeling helpless. So this has manifested itself uh, in these ways. And now for the first time in our country's history, the life expectancy has gone down. Right. So this is insanity. And once again, it all these things, if you look at them individually, it's like, ah, oh, that seems kind of extreme. That seems kind of extreme. But then if you if you're curious enough to go down the rabbit hole, do a little research online on YouTube, it's all out there. And once you pull back the lens, you can start connecting these dots and you don't just see a bunch of random stars. Now you see a constellation. Hundred percent agree with you on that. Um, I don't know if you've seen the um movie with uh chris hemsworth and that uh one guy from that nickelodeon show drake and josh josh i think his last name is bell uh but they had done a remake of new dawn now if you're familiar with the the book or the original uh the the premise of the story was originally china has invaded 
and uh, it's all about pretty much you know a foreign uh, army occupying, and uh, now these kids have to band together and fight back. Uh, that was not approved because we at that point were uh, trying to stoke extra relations with China. It was frowned upon to be against China. We were handing over more power to China, but we were okay about it being the Koreans. So even though the Koreans, by no stretch of any sort of imagination being able to pull it off, we just had to, you know, suspend our Hollywood belief and just say, okay, sure, the Koreans have amassed a massive army to be able to fly over, evade all of our raiders, and just drop troops on the ground and occupy the U.S. all over. Um, that just being one of them. But, uh, yeah, they've, they're they in absolutely everything. I remember, I forget what the name of this girl was, but there was a, a video leaked of her where uh, she didn't realize she was on camera. But uh, a reporter that was saying, we had everything about Epstein uh, stuff, but they just wouldn't, the, these companies just would not let us run the story. And she's all depressed because she knew that this story could have been out there sooner. And, of course, as soon as that uh, stuff leaked, she's fired. So, yeah, it, propaganda, you know, people think it's just, oh, this is, quote, fifth generational warfare. I personally don't believe in the, uh, what people are talking about as far as fifth generational warfare. Propaganda has just always been, always been a massive part of war, period. It's not its own separate warfare. It was a big thing in the Revolutionary War. It was a big thing in the Civil War. It was a big thing over in, uh, with us fighting Vietnam on both ends of it. It was a massive yeah. part of uh, our invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan. And um, you look around, the story keeps changing. I know that they're really picky about this on stairs. I'm going to mind my mouth here. But you get a lot of conflicting stories when it um, comes to Russia-Ukraine story. One moment, it's, it's hooray, the Ukrainians are really stomping on the uh, neck of the Russians. Russia looks like it's defeated. And the next day is, oh, my God, Russia's taking over another power plant. Oh, my God, Russia's gone farther. They've killed more people. It's the end of the world. They can't pick a narrative at this point um, because, you know, the string's been pulled and uh, the curtain's been revealed a little too much. People are starting to see who's running things. And um, because I also think it has to do, unfortunately, it's a double-edged sword, but you start to see propaganda is not having its effect on a race. We've been divided on sex. We've been divided on political lines. Uh, we've been divided on uh, religion. And now recently they threw in a new one on pretty much vaxxed or not vaxxed or whatever stance you take on the COVID issue. They've divided us on so many different lines. We are not a nation united anymore. We are fractured. And so you cannot possibly put out one existing propaganda story to go and unite everyone. So they have to put out a bunch of separate ones. Pretty much what's happened with the propaganda state, because we're so divided, you can't have a divided people. They've worked so damn hard on dividing us. And now that they've done it, their propaganda is falling apart. So there's good news in that. The bad news is we're divided. Back to you, Dave. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that us believing that we have differences that are important, I think that's part of this manufacture to divide, right? Because, I mean, everything we're talking about, bro, everything you said, I've been like, oh, hell yeah. And like you're you're saying the same thing to a bunch of things I say, maybe not all. But 
I be, you know, I totally agree with, your, with what you're saying. The narrative changes about the propaganda, but the goal is the same. Be afraid, stay afraid, right? Because if you're afraid, you're not thinking clearly, you're not being proactive, you're not going to be a community organizer, you're just going to sit in your house, watch TV, drink too much, take too many drugs and die early. Um, the Nazi minister of propaganda, I forget what that guy's name was, but you know, he, he said this thing and I'm paraphrasing, you know, I'm talking, I'm talking back in world war two though. Um, and this is, you know, this is all just historical stuff that I've read. And this was a quote of that guy. I don't think it was Goebbels, but it's somebody that their minister of propaganda said, the people will believe any lie, the bigger, the lie, the better, and you must repeat it often. Right. So that is that not what we're hearing and then you've got like really who cares about gay marriage really what so i had this epiphany once like oh by by being anti-gay marriage you're basically kind of saying that you just want gay people to go have sex in a park somewhere but not have a meaningful relationship so is that really good for society in general no um the gender thing who really cares you know one minute it was biological and the next minute it's how you feel who really cares what you want to call yourself? Like, you know, I identify as a redwood tree. Okay. And then there's the vax, no vax. Really? So, you know, and it, it goes as slight as like, I'm a Niners fan. You're a Raiders fan. Right. I'm a Giants fan. You're a Dodgers fan. It's all, there's so much minutia to it. It permeates every aspect of our society by now. Yeah. 100%. I live, um, pretty darn close to the mason dixon line um my in-laws are just on the other side you could stand on the front porch load your cell phone into a slingshot and fire it over into pennsylvania and they're yeah. about i'd say about 20 minutes away one thing where you were saying even about the liquor store over in pennsylvania during the uh the height of the covid lockdowns you couldn't even do that and there were stadies all set out around uh 83 was uh the main highway traveling back and forth in between uh where I'm at, at least, between Pennsylvania and Maryland. Hello, the 1930s called, and they want their um, they want their bootleg back. Wow. Yeah, the uh, the prohibition pretty much went back into effect. So they would be people would sneak out, go into their car by themselves with nobody else around them, even put on a mask in their own car, which I think you're a little nutty to do that, but you do, you man. Drove across state lines, bought liquor. And when they drive back, there would be stadies there waiting for them, and they would do pullovers, and uh, they were getting tickets, and uh, some people even had booze confiscated. So riddle me this, Dave. As it stands currently right now, marijuana is um, one of the uh, scheduled substances uh, federally banned in the U.S., but we could have our pot dispensaries opened during the lockdown, but you couldn't go to church. One guaranteed, right. protected under the First Amendment, pretty darn specifically speaking about it. The other, federally banned, but you could do that, but not the other. It was, I mean, they can't keep their uh, their story straight. They can't figure out their approach. They're divided amongst themselves because they divided us, and you can't get people united on one lie anymore. And I think that's where we're going to win, and I, I think... Ultimately, what we're looking at is maybe, uh, you know, more. I, I think if we're going global, we're going to see a more balkanization of uh, more countries throughout the world. Um, and best case scenario for the U.S. is a, maybe a balkanization 
of the U.S. You'll have maybe the Northeast, Southern East, Appalachia states, some West Coast states. But um, yeah, we're we're not united anymore as a people, as a nation. So it's going to have its bad effects. But the good news is they can't really nail us with their big lies anymore. Back to you. Amen, brother. Oh, my God. See, I completely, completely, 100% agree with everything that you just said. This is not a left issue. This is not a right issue. This is a an awake person who's paying attention issue and and rights for all people. I want to go ahead, before I don't jump any deeper, I want to go ahead. We got three messages. Let's run these down real quick. Greetings to you, gentlemen. I just want to say I really appreciate the two of you for having this conversation. It needs to be had more often. Um, it's very sad that this room is filled right now with listeners because most Americans have no idea what is actually coming. They really think that things are going to go back to what it was prior to 2020. And the things that you gentlemen have presented this evening, I too share in these conversations quite often because I have, a, um, it has been placed upon my heart that there's a definite urgency to get this, this information out to whoever's willing to listen. So again, thank you gentlemen for your service this evening. Um, Dave, I followed you on um, IG and your YouTube page. Cause you know, you mentioned some of my documentaries. I'm a documentary junkie. so. Definitely want to check out that list. I've probably seen most of them on there, but thank you, gentlemen. Oh, man. DJ, all good. Much love, brother. Please, yeah, please send me a message on IG so I can follow you back. And uh, let's love stay it, in love communication. Love we got to expand this army of, of free thinking people. We got three more. Let's run. Hey, another thing. <clears throat> Just click on my uh, profile. That's uh, Joseph Gables, which uh, he was the one of, uh, you know, high rank um, officer. He works for Hitler. And he runs basically the propaganda. It's always that way. And just people just didn't see it. That's what's last, uh, you know, 20, 30 years applications of uh, brainwashing, you know, simple mind people that they believe in everything they see. But the reality is much worse and way different than they, they, they think they saw and they think they, you know, seen around. Amen. Exactly. That's so because it's, you know, government is run, like you guys said, by corporations and those, lob you know, they lobbying and uh, sporting millions of dollars of those, uh, you know, crocs. And uh, that's why the people saying like, oh, yeah, our politicians stupid or whatever. Well, they're not stupid. They're just, uh, you know, following orders and getting paid. <laughs> and if the people don't understand that, well, too bad. Yep. Great points. Hey, thank you guys. So another thing, and Travis, so you guys definitely on the point, and this should be on a national television, so people could fucking start actually waking up, because it's just, it's it's trashes, man. What's going on in the world? Yeah, much love to you two guys, and um, you know, I, I just wanted to say, you know, uh, the first gentleman said, um, I'm sorry, your name disappeared from the messages. But first gentleman was saying, like, it's a shame that we don't have more people listening. Oh, yeah. But if we were doing a talk about Will Smith and the slap heard around the wheel, the world, there'd be 20 people in here chiming in on what they think. And right, look at that level of division. Now you're a Chris Rock fan or you're a Will Smith fan. You can't be both anymore. You got to choose a side. And, and people will not shut up about this meaningless drivel. Right. Who cares? Mr. Red Tricks just mentioned, you know, corporations are stupid. That's what we were told about George Bush. Oh, he's a bumbling idiot. He's stupid. No, he's not. He's from one of the most prominent families 
in the United States. He's far, far from stupid. You might not like the guy. I don't. But he's far from stupid, right? Come on now. He went to Princeton. That's unbelievable that they had basically border patrol between two U.S. states. Now that reeks back to World War II. Where are your papers? Show me your papers, right? Like, oh my God, once again, we're doing something right now that we're pointing the finger at other countries like that totalitarian government is doing X, Y, Z. We need to go and do regime change. Really? We're doing it. And you also mentioned the fracturing of the United States into regions. Well, everybody Google the Amero. There's already a minted coin that they're waiting to roll out, right? Um, so the North American Union, the Asian Union, the African Union, this is already planned, but they're just trying to roll it out, right? So they are gonna fracture the United States into multiple regions, do away with our borders and move to a currency called the Amero, which is good for Canada, the United States, and uh, you know, Central and South America, I believe, all of the Americas. So unbelievable. You know, it's, it, once again, it's right in front of our eyes, but nobody's talking about it, at least not on a, on a major national platform, right? And that, that leads me back to one other point, and then back to you, Trav, is one of the most popular shows on TV, at least NBC's best-rated show for over 20 years, was The Donahue Show. He was the precursor to Oprah Winfrey, but he talked about real stuff. And he got shut down, kicked off the air, and his program eliminated after he spoke out against the Iraq War. The best-rated show on NBC for 20 years. The host was fired. And his show eliminated because he did one show about being anti-Iraq war. Back to you, Trav. Yeah. Uh, Even with the, that sounds a lot, I, I unfortunately don't know who you're talking about, but I do know of the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> Pretty much exact same story. Uh, took a stand against Bush and his war with things. And uh, that was pretty much the beginning of the end and they pretty much crumbled as a band shortly thereafter it wasn't until uh pretty much green day where you could start speaking up on things had they released that album uh, a few years ago i think the exact same results would have happened because it wasn't popular until right up until he was going up against carrie who surprise surprise they were both in the same sorority uh, or uh, fraternity together. I don't know. I've never went to college. Gall and bone. So, yeah, you have a false choice. You can have water or agua. Pretty much was the way it was being let out. Um, we were going to get the exact same thing no matter what. Up until uh, we were getting ready to go in and uh, invade more countries, you could not speak out against that. Norm MacDonald was uh, another uh, big uh, anti-proponent of that war. And uh, also bringing out stuff that our elites were doing, a uh, big proponent on uh, bringing to light the fact of the Clintons and their kill streak going on. Uh, I guess back to you on that. I 100% uh, I agree with you. They're trying to shut you down any sort of a dissenting voice. This is absolutely nothing new. Actually, uh, I'll go on, on one more point here. Uh, they had the Bureau of Censorship back over in World War II. Now, they presented, again, fear, and in all honesty, reasonable fear 
of uh, that you were going to be speaking to spies at that point, that you could speak with a, a Japanese spy. Now, that worked out real well. Even for people who were Chinese or from Vietnam who were living in the U.S., they had to pretty much do, you know, people make fun of preppers, but they had to literally, a bunch of them bug out in the woods because all they would go is, hey, person with slanted eyes, they're clearly with the Japs, let's get them and uh, lock them up in camps. And I had a lot of families broken up. And uh, if you were any sort of Asian, you uh, you took the hiding. So, but yeah, it was uh, the Japanese could be watching or the Germans were behind every door. You look at uh, old World War II movies, that was a massive plot of everybody in a suit might be a German spy coming after you. And so whether they had, they had the censor, I'm sorry, the Bureau of Censorship um, was actually a thing. Uh, back then, that's where you get the uh, terminology, the uh, loose lips sink ships, because we actually did have ships, uh, ships sink. However, whether that was due to loose lips or due to um, inept people in service or due to uh, people just wanting a war to or saying we need to be able to get into this war before it's too late. So let's let something happen. Um, yeah, that's all up to you. So maybe there was a need for censorship. Maybe there wasn't. Regardless, the ability, even if you were so much as speak out against the war, uh, you if the government didn't snap down on you, uh, we had a cultural cohesion back then where society would snap down and uh, ostracize you. So that's uh, one of the things I know you had experience about um, societal crackdown being harder than a the actual government crackdown when it comes to things with the Rona here. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's starting to affect a lot of people. We're seeing the whole new thing. It's just dressed up in a different suit this time. It's got a lot more bling. Back to you. Amen, brother. So once again, we've been talking for, you know, almost an hour and a half. We haven't disagreed once. So that says a lot, right? Um, you were talking about, you know, false flags. Like what might have drawn us into World War II? Oh, well, it was the... I believe it was the the sinking of the Lithuania, which chimes in with Vietnam War, the Gulf of Tonkin, which has been outed to be a BS false flag operation by the U.S. government and military, where we said that Vietnam or somebody attacked our ship in the Gulf of Tonkin, but that never even happened. So we used that myth as justification to start that war, to divide a country so that we could divide its people, right? Same thing in Korea. We divided a country so they can't unite and be stronger together. Um, you also mentioned the Bureau of Censorship. Well, I think now it's just called the NSA, right? Because Edward Snowden, I recently watched an interview on Democracy Now!, not a super fan of Democracy Now!, I think they used to be awesome and they're slipping, but they had Chris Hedges on, who's a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. They had Max Blumenthal on, who's a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. And they had Edward Snowden on. And Snowden broke down that, you know, every branch of social media was giving their communications to the U.S. government. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all email accounts, um, and then I learned 75% of world communication comes through the U.S., so easily censored. And you brought up something about, uh, about the Japanese. Not many people know about the Japanese internment camps, which are concentration camps 
right here in the United States where we locked up all Japanese Americans. We gave them two weeks to sell their home, sell their business, and get in line for a concentration camp. Wow. And I don't believe we've ever paid them back for their financial losses on that. And then speaking about how both parties are really one, you know, we call it Obamacare, but Mitt Romney wrote that bill. It should be Romney Care, but hey, that, that doesn't man. Yeah, but that doesn't work for uniting people against Obama, right? So we call it Obamacare and how dare that black guy do this, right? No, 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 pull back the lens once again. It was a white dude that wrote that bill. Obama just pushed it through. Oh my God, you know, the, the, like you said earlier, the curtain is coming back. The illusions are fading. People are waking up to, I mean, you can only lie so many times and get caught before people quit believing your BS, right? Back to you. That's all I got. Yeah, I want to clarify about the uh, Obamacare bill. You know, Mitt Romney did not literally write it, but his bill that he put out for uh, his state was pretty much the building blocks and foundation for Obama to pretty much look over and say, yeah, we like this. Let's uh, go ahead and scale it up. And so back to what I was saying about Bush versus Kerry, you know, what choice did we really have? You know, you had the illusion of a choice. The most unpopular thing in the U.S. back when uh, it was uh, Obama running for a second term was uh, the uh, Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act. I was actually at the uh, a Tea Party rally in D.C. the day it uh, was pushed through. It was massively unpopular. Also, a lot of lies told about that place and everything that was happening there. That was one of my first awakenings to realize that uh, there's a lot of what it now is everyone's calling fake news. But um, that was I had had smaller awakenings, but that was one of the the first big ones when you actually stand in the middle of something and realize they just flat out lied about it. But yeah, and we, we the all they had to do on the Republican end was literally put forward anybody other than Mitt Romney. But the biggest, most you know, divisive bill where Republicans and Democrats alike were not big fans of it uh, was the Affordable Care Act. And what do you know? You put forward the guy who pretty much uh, gave uh, Obama everything he needed to go and run with it. So again, just like Bush versus Kerry, what did you really have to be able to go and uh, to vote against? Same goes when it was Bush versus Gore. We didn't really have too much. Pick your tie. That was pretty much all that we could really say at that point. Yeah, it, you never really have the choice that you think about. And then uh, you you look at FEMA also setting up camps throughout the U.S. Um, how I'm very curious. Uh, I don't know if you saw uh, where they're now trying to walk up back and say it never happened. But pretty much uh, Biden said that we're going to be sending troops in uh, on about three different uh, occasions where he talked about two troops over in Poland, but our troops, U.S. troops, not Polish troops, U.S. troops, saying, uh, when uh, you go there, you'll see kids standing in front of a damn tank saying, I'm not leaving. And you'll be inspired by their resilience. Uh, and then he goes and he calls for basically a regime change and said he should not be allowed to remain in power. And then he puts out a message uh, saying that America needs to prepare itself for the cold, long war ahead. Well, it, that doesn't look like a war where we're just simply saying like, okay, we're cutting you off economically, which 
by the way, at this point, the ruble within the course of about two to three weeks has pretty much 100% recovered, maybe 90, 95% recovered if you want to be real conservative with your numbers. Um, so I'm wondering what false flag is going to look like. You roll into everything we did between uh, Tzatziki experiments when uh, Clinton came out and apologized and admitted, yes, that is true. We were doing uh, that when we had um, issues, like you said, with uh, Japanese internment camps. Now we have FEMA uh, making camps. You have the now confirmation uh, where we originally walked back and said, there's no bio labs. Okay, there's no U.S. bio labs. Okay, there's U.S. bio labs, but they're level two stuff for like food safety grade. But we're very concerned, though, about these bio labs that they're going to go and make a nuclear, uh, not nuclear, a chemical weapon that might be used against us. So we're, we just keep walking ourselves more and more into a corner uh, with stuff that was mentioned in this. Uh, people click on the link. You'll see they uh, break down this article. The title of the article is one hell of a mouthful. But uh so, yeah, they're cash, and that all wraps back to this point of their cashless belly, why they need to, at this point, go to war. And uh, cashless fodiris, I believe is how you say it. Uh, I'm a bit of a dyslexic, never heard it said, only read it. But uh, a call for alliance for all three. One of them listed was um, America making chemical weapons, um, now, as is confirmed, over in Ukraine. And then I want to rewind also back several months to, uh, I believe the lab was over in Philly, which scares me because that's about uh, a little under two hours from where I live. Uh, they found in, a, I think it was a WHO lab, it might have been a CDC one, they found vials for, I believe it was smallpox? No, it wasn't smallpox. Uh, Dave, you probably know this one. Not sure. Okay. I believe it was for smallpox. Uh, real deadly virus and then the actual virus itself and you need to keep in mind all that takes for a brand new pandemic to uh actually break out is someone to hold up the vial and go hey boss what's this to the oh shit and drop it yep. so but yep. we have but apparently now we're chemical and biological weapons are stuff that the u.s is heavily involved with some of which is in ukraine so what's gonna be the u.s's cashless belly to be able to go in and uh, convince people to go to war because we're so divided. And then what's going to be their cause to go and uh, work those FEMA camps? It could very well be that they decide to go and say, well, there's been an outbreak of this uh, deadly disease. So we're going to have everyone go to the pretty much ground zero to fight this war to keep Russia and uh, China and India from uh, taking They'll they'll try and avoid saying our weapons, but ultimately it'll come out later and be like, oh yeah, this was uh this one's kind of on us. We had this one going, and um, at that point, and they'll say like, oh well, this might be spreading over to us, and then be able to segment the nation more and more. That's all a possibility, but all we know is that I think there's seven states where FEMA uh, is not able to make camps. Well, I know one of them is in North Dakota. I don't know where the other six are. I'd have to look at that list again. But uh, odds are you probably have a FEMA camps in your state if you're over here in the U.S. So, yeah, what's I don't know what's going to be the cause, but you, it looks like a pre they've already the uh, the other powers that be Russia, China, India have uh, put forward everything to say on this is why we're going to war. 
we just like they said in this uh, news article, uh, pretty much just walked right into their uh, bear trap that was labeled bear trap, and uh, we we uh, we played right into their hand. And uh, now I think uh, I, I think like I said, China uh, is really more than anything wants the reunification of China and Taiwan, and the seas are the calmest in October and uh oh April. We just hit April, so I wouldn't be shocked to see everything pop off real heavy, real fast here soon. That's my prediction. Again, I'm not an economist. I don't work in the White House. I'm not part of a three-letter agency. I don't have any extra inside knowledge. I'm just looking at everything that we see uh, on the board, and um, I'm a little nervous about it. Well, the, uh, the planets are all aligned for that, right? Because we've been ramping up, ramping up, ramping up with more and more fervor. I want to touch on what you said about, you know, labs and, and what about black sites, right? So this this is uh, under the guise of plausible deniability, right? If our government conducts their heinous activities in another country, then we can blame it on that other country because it's not directly a CIA operation, but we're funding people to do what we want them to do. So what you what you said, these bio labs in Ukraine, right? And then I saw something online where you could sign up to go fight in Ukraine against Russia. So volunteer to go to a toxic area, ground zero, like you said, and become infected possibly. Possibly, I'm not saying that's what's up, but you know, I'm suspicious. And then that brings up the black sites that we, for torture, that we were using during, uh, right after 9-11, and that still exists to this day, right? So the CIA could conduct torture in other countries and say, well, we're not doing it. Abu Ghraib isn't our prison. Guantanamo Bay isn't our prison. It's in Cuba. It's in Iraq, right? And then, you know, you mentioned something uh, about your great awakening at a Tea Party protest. Brother, same thing. I was at a anti-war protest in downtown San Francisco against the Iraq war. There was at least 300,000 people there, bigger than any event by five times that I've ever seen in that city. All of Mark, for anybody who knows San Francisco, all of Market Street from the foot at the ferry building all the way to the Civic Center was filled with people elbow to elbow, the whole street and both sidewalks on either side, elbow to elbow. Then you get to the Civic Center and it's massively packed with a huge music festival. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. I turn on the news that night, they say 50,000 people showed up to an anti-war protest in San Francisco. Bullshit. I saw 20,000 people at a Bernie Sanders rally in San Francisco. And they're trying to say it was only 30,000 more people. And I'm, I'm looking at this crowd of 20,000 people. It wasn't even a fraction of, of what I was involved in in that anti-war protest. And, and then, you're, you know, once again, you mentioned Tuskegee experiments. So, man, you hit so many points. I'm having I filled up a whole page with notes of what I want to hit on after you triggered a thought process in line with the Tuskegee experiments, which have been proven that if we didn't give people syphilis, that we observed them with it, told them we were treating them, but we gave them no treatment and we just watched it progress and watched them die so we could see what the effects of syphilis were. That's evil. Well, under Clinton, 
we did something equally evil. And there's a documentary that goes into it called Beyond Treason. And it's fascinating. Uh, and what they talk about is Clinton signed an executive order mandating all soldiers to be open to taking experimental drugs. So who knows? If, and, and then all these soldiers that went to Iraq got a huge series of, of injections. So who's to know if that's what, what the cause of Gulf War syndrome was, which affected 200,000 soldiers, or if it was the fact that we were using depleted uranium ammunition, which is an international war crime, because every bullet that lands now toxifies the ground that it landed on for a half-life of 10,000 years. And, uh, you know, if people go down the rabbit hole, you'll learn that Iraq is having an absolute epidemic of birth defects. And if, if you care about people in general at all, it will break your freaking heart. One of these deformities that I saw was uh, this child that looked like an amoeba. It looked like a jellyfish or an amoeba with a couple eyes on top. It was literally not even four inches thick and just a blob of flesh. It was so sad. And we did that. We did that to, to civilians. You know, we killed 500,000 children in Iraq. Madeleine Albright just died. And there's all these people like, oh, God bless her. Da, da, da. She was a, but no, she wasn't. She was a heinous war criminal who was recorded on a TV show saying that the five, she was asked directly, well, was it worth it for the 500,000 children that died? And she said, I believe it was worth it. What, what was worth it? What did we gain out of that? Oh, oh, we privatized a bunch of Iraqi oil fields. And then once we were over there, we found new oil fields bigger than anything that existed previously. And uh, to this day, Iraq only gets 25 cents on the dollar for its own oil. So you pull back and it's always about the money, right? There's always, it's always about the money. What do you do in a, in a, in a simple murder investigation? Did the husband or wife ha just take out an insurance policy? Did anybody stand to gain financially? I mean, it's the first thing you look at, but we don't do that on these huge, massive crimes. Why? Oh because it's not gonna show us what the lamestream media wants us to be spoon fed. That leads me right to Edward Snowden and Julian Assange, right? Like Edward Snowden, they might have a legit case there because he leaked government documents, whatever, but nothing that he leaked put us at risk. It was all just heinous information that you know those three letter agencies did not want the public to know. Then you look at Julian Assange, he wasn't even the reporter. He was the publisher. So he's supposed to be immune from this BS. He's basically been on lockdown and he's enemy number one. They want the man dead because he exposed all of this heinous crap. And if people aren't aware of the level to which this goes, check out the video on YouTube, Collateral Murder. I'm warning you, it's graphic. It's not that graphic, but you will see people killed in real life. And these helicopter pilots are absolutely laughing about it. They're begging for authorization to open fire. And then they're laughing about it as they slaughter 10 people, three or four of which were Reuters journalists. They claimed that one guy had a gun. It was a camera. So un-freaking-believable. Um, 
yeah i don't know let's let's go ahead and uh and, and wrap this one up in the next few maybe maybe we could uh each just kind of do a closing statement see if we have any more messages we could play those what do you think trev yeah it sounds good to me it's about time for that yeah i think uh pretty much right now my big closing statement will be uh beware of april maybe a week after it uh or maybe two weeks after it but general time frame to be aware of, I would say, given all the information uh, we've launched in and what it looks like with the seas over in the uh, Taiwan Strait, yeah, I would say be on high alert, be ready for possible false flag attacks, and uh, be ready for possible like a move from China into Taiwan. I think once that happens, you're going to see everyone says uh, Russia's um stalled or they're not able to do anything i think they're pretty much just moving slowly entering their foot to the um, start line and waiting for china to make their move so that they can just go blitz but that's my current prediction i absolutely hope to god i am wrong because um once that happens i uh, i think you will see a possibly i think you would be forced to see a draft at this point um, cause that's the only way that they can try to, it won't work, but it can try to stabilize this economy and get things to go with her in the war. So, um, I, uh, I don't know. I sure hope I'm, uh, wrong on all of this and that I just look back on this and say, I sound like a complete and total crazy person, but it's just what I'm seeing lined up here and go ahead and check me out on getter. Um, I'll be, uh, hopefully posting another talk. Um, Dave, we should do another currency talk and uh, possibly maybe another one revolving a uh, new world order slash the uh, Great Reset. Because uh, when I talked to you before, I got more developments on that, and I would love to go over it with you. Absolutely. I'm completely 100% down with that. I agree about the false flag attack. My gut was telling me when 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 our government was telling us that they had confirmed information that Russia was going to invade Ukraine, I was convinced we were going to do a black flag operation then because, oh, look, we said they're going to do it. Oh, look, now, you know, something happened, gives us the right to invade, right? But we're being much more sly than that. We're giving them tons of weapons, things like that. As far as Taiwan goes and Ukraine in the big picture, what gives us the right to dictate how any other country should operate, right? Ukraine used to be part of Russia. Taiwan used to be part of China. That's a fact, right? Here we are. We got Hawaii, uh, Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, Guam. We have a bunch of conquered territories where those people don't get the right to vote in a U.S. election, but they're a quote unquote U.S. territory. So once again, we're the biggest hypocrite on the block. Do as we say, not as we do. And that's evidenced by us being the only country in the world to have ever dropped a nuclear bomb in violence. And not only did we do it, we did it twice. And not only did we do it twice, both times on civilian populations, not just strategic nukes to take out a military target and from what I've learned about that through another documentary series by Oliver Stone, The Untold History of the United States, what that points out is that Japan was about two weeks away from surrender. They were working on the terms of surrender. So the hypothesis is that we dropped two nukes on Japan's civilian population 
to intimidate the shit out of Russia, basically saying, look what we're going to do. Look what we're look how crazy we are. You want to mess with us? So that's all I got. Please check me out on all platforms. Um, and another thing with Dave podcast on 23 different platforms. I'm in 46 countries now. Very humbled and pleased about that. I don't have anybody following me on my YouTube channel. Please do. If you like documentaries, I've got 1,200 of them there. That is And Another Thing with Dave on YouTube. I'm also And Another Thing with Dave on Facebook, on Instagram, and Dave Smith with three eyes on Twitter. I would love to do a talk with you. Another circle back to the Great Reset and Currency. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I absolutely agree, man. Um, it seems like by the time we can put together something for a talk, it seems like it's old news at that point. But yeah, let's work out. Um, so I've got people in Pakistan, in India, in Russia, you know, you name it. 46 countries have listened to my podcast. I can't believe it. Not many people, but at least one person from each of those countries. You know, that tells me that people are really interested in hearing the real dope on what's going on from somebody who lives inside this country not just what comes out of the idiot box by the lamestream media so much love to people who tuned in keep researching do your own investigations go down that rabbit hole i know sometimes it's overwhelming but like i said before an educated united populace is a tyrannical government's worst fear so please let's try to educate people let's not focus on division lines you know we are all one ultimately we're on this little rock hurling through space at 330,000 miles an hour or whatever in a corkscrew pattern. And it's a miracle that we're all here together in this moment and we all need each other. Amen. Thank you all for listening. Throw up your final likes for this. Uh, share this conversation with as many people as you can. Uh, if you enjoyed it, let a friend know, let a friend listen. Um, sharing is caring. Why don't you go ahead and uh, message either myself or Dave on uh, any ideas on uh, what you would want us to do? Because uh, I think it's uh, pretty much considered official that we're going to be doing this either weekly or bi-weekly. And uh, we'll be coming up with ideas. And I would love to hear your guys' inputs. I don't know about you, Dave. Absolutely. I am a fiend for information. I am a documentary addict. I am thirsty for knowledge. So if I can find something that debunks something that I've been talking about, I'm all about it. I, I don't have an agenda. I just want to find the truth. And that, that's a constant journey. What is the truth? I don't know. I don't pretend to be knowing for sure. But like I said before, when you connect the dots, we seem to see an overarching larger picture. Please share this on social media, on all the different social medias if you dig it. Please share it with friends if you dig it. And definitely let us know, um, you know, either on a message through stereo, the, what you what topics you would like covered. Um, send us an article if you got that, uh, documentary link if you got that. I'm also on all social media, so you can uh, you know you can contact me on you mess, message me on Instagram, hit me that way if that's easier for you. But uh, yeah, much love to everybody, much love to you, Travis. Once again, this this far exceeded my expectations of our talk, and I think uh, I think that's the consistent thread when you and I talk. So I'm all about it. Same here. We got a, a message. Uh, why don't we play that and um, close on that note? Sounds good? Sounds great. All right. I'll open this up here. Also, on the next upcoming talks, let's not forget about, let's not forget about Corona. Where are we with that?
that's one of those things we got to be careful about. So I can talk in general terms about it, but I can't really say what I think on a specific level or we will be canceled. Uh, that's been my experience in the past with COVID and with Ukraine. So, you know, censorship is alive and well in the U.S., like Travis said. That's all I got. My name is Travis Bushy, and I am the Thunder Monkey. I am Dave Smith, and I am And Another Thing with Dave. All right, much love much to you guys. Love everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do share with friends and on social media. Until next time, keep on digging for the truth.